This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You are on Saturday Magazine with Nevena, Macca and Paul. We've got our next guest coming on soon to talk about a very tricky and emerging piece of AI. But before that, Macca, I wanted to ask, what has been happening in your week this week? Oh, dear. It's been, look, it's been a, a, a busy week sort of work-wise. Um, I'm off to Singapore next week for a couple of days' work. And a couple of days R and R, and looking forward to that. Um, but getting you know preparation for you know for travel, you know the clothes and stuff that's easy, you know. But uh, all the other stuff, and I was actually on <clears throat> chatting on Telegram to uh, my client, oh, a whole group of them, <laughs> you know. So not a Zoom. Uh, till three in the morning. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, you're looking better than ever, I will yeah, say. Yeah, Fantastic. Well, we're very excited to welcome Laura Hartley-Quinn from NAB. We're going to be talking about the latest AI-created scams. I'm sure many people have got stories about this. If you want to join the conversation, give us a text 0427 569 949. Laura, welcome to Saturday Magazine. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. So... AI is the buzzwords at the moment and everyone, you know, is thinking about it, talking about it, but AI has the uh, ability to create the most remarkable fakes, whether it's fake videos, whether it's fake audio, uh, you know, and the impact that this can have in terms of scamming people Mm -hmm. for money, uh, it's pretty frightening, Laura, it's pretty frightening. It is impressive uh, what the criminals can come up with and the reason why is they're motivated by money. So that's a pretty powerful Mm. motivator. Um, But you're absolutely right. One thing that we are seeing is AI voice impersonation scams. So I can tell you a little bit about those. Yeah, please do. Please do. They build on those high mum messages, text messages that we were seeing in the last couple of years where you might get a message saying, Hi, mum or dad, I've lost my phone. Can you lend me some money? And they were quite popular because no one wants to see their children or family members uh, in a hard spot. The criminals thought they would take it to the next level. And uh, we're seeing these happen overseas in the US and the UK at the moment. And uh, they can be created with as little as three seconds of real audio. So if you think about um, a Facebook video or a phone call or something like that, and what the criminals can do is use AI to take that real voice recording and turn it into a phone call of people saying something different. Um, so it is quite advanced. We aren't seeing these happen in Australia yet. But as I said, we are seeing them happen overseas. So it, they will come, unfortunately. And usually they'll, um, again, say that there's an issue or someone's uh, in a crisis and they need to borrow money usually. And can you help them out? So that's, that's really what we're seeing with these AI phone scams overseas. I, f- I find it quite re- remarkable, I have, you have to, you know, be honest here, that, um, Laura, that <clears throat> having seen some of those messages and got them myself, oh, you know, look, I'm overseas, I've lost, you know, <laughs> I've lost my phone, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I think are people that's that, 
gullible. <laughs> like, but there, but there's something mm-hmm. else to it, Maka. When we talk about digital literacy, we're not just talking about generational divides. Mm-hmm. There's um, different language divides. There's cognitive divides, mm-hmm. and these things can be really tricky. They can be, you know, saying that you should be updating your details, otherwise your account's going to get locked. And for people in a tricky spot or busy people, it it looks really real. Laura, what's your what's your feeling on that? Absolutely, we um. We often hear that comment, you know, I can't believe people fall for that. But really the way we look at it is that anyone can be a victim under the right circumstances. Like you said, I I might be waiting for a tax refund and I get an email pretending to come from the ATO or I know my child's lost their phone and I get this message. So it's often really contextual. Mm. And if I get something that's generic enough but has the right context to apply to me in that moment, then that can make me really susceptible to fall for it. The good news is that there are really simple things that people can do to protect themselves, even from um, things like these AI phone phone scans. And it's really as simple as when you get that phone message, just hang up and call the person who it's impersonating Mm. on a number that you know, send them a text message um, or give them a call, have a real conversation with them. And you'll pretty quickly learn whether it was them who called you or not. So that that advice still stands, even as we see the technology and the scans change. So it's really a case, Laura, of <clears throat> you need to be, you know, you need to be diligent. But if you get a call mm-hmm. from someone mm-hmm. or a voice message from someone, check it. Don't yeah. just uh, assume. And as we have, you know, two-factor authentication yeah, with a whole lot of payments, well, perhaps before you even get to making the payment, try and authenticate that what you're being told mm-hmm. or what you're being asked to do is correct. In terms of, you know, in, in, with the banks, <clears throat> you know, this is an area that, you know, is causing great concern, you know, to the banks and mm-hmm. to customers. And, you know, the resources that the, the banks are putting into this are quite substantial, aren't they? That's absolutely right. So my job is to come out and educate the public like we're doing today and I have a whole team of people. All we do is customer scam awareness like this. Um, And NAB's been doing a lot. We have a bank-wide scam strategy to work on reducing the impact of scams on our customers and the community in general. We've done things like remove links from most of our text messages that we send to customers. So if, if you get a link in a text message from NAB now, especially a message you weren't expecting, Odds are it wasn't from us. Um, And we've been able to also put payment alerts into internet banking for certain scam types like investment scams and ticket scams. So if we pick up on certain things that make us think, oh, that payment that Laura's making may be a ticket scam, we'll actually uh, show you a message mid-transaction and say, read this information about ticketing scams. We think this is one. Are you sure you want to continue? So we've saved $50 million so far by doing that. Oh, wow. Because you see, you know, on some social media, you know, some wonderful new device or service (laughs) being advertised and there's a comment under it uh, put up there by the social media indicating that uh, you need to verify that this product actually does exist or that the supplier does exist. And often it's something that's really cheap. So, you know, it's something that's 4 or $5 and free delivery and people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll click on that. Next thing you know, you uh-huh. know, that wonderful term credential st- stuffing has happened where uh-huh. their details are being harvested and used for a whole lot of websites. With 
a lot of people want to blame the banks for this, which I think is a little bit unfair, uh, well, more than a little bit unfair, but the banks are really focusing on this, aren't they, Laura? Because at the end of the day, it's the customer's money and, mm-hmm. you know... And the, the customer's headache, banker. And the customer's headache. And and the bank wants to protect them. I mean, do you have a... Mm-hmm. You can you can refuse to answer this one if you want. <laughs> You're ask. Yeah. Do you have a... Do you have a feeling about that, about sometimes how, you know, I've seen this about people that have, you know, they've received, they say, invoices for a very, very large purchase yeah. and mm-hmm. they pay it and apparently the per- the company that they've originally bought that product up is at fault. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I really see it as a partnership yeah. and obviously the bank has a responsibility, but um, so does the consumer, like we were saying, to, to validate things and be aware that these scams happen and take some precautions. So um, looking at invoice scams, like you just said, they're still happening and we see people lose a lot of money to them, which is terrible. We've been out talking to the community on invoice scams for almost 10 years now. So yes. um, people do need to be aware that they can happen. And again, there's some really simple things people can do to protect themselves, which you just mentioned. It's calling to confirm the details on the invoice or the request for payment um, independently. So calling the business or calling the person you know, if it's the tradie renovating your house, and um, validating that the payment details on the email you've received are correct before you pay it. So doing little things like that can make a really big difference. And it's um, a good way to get out ahead of things as well. And that's really my perspective is the more we can educate people that these scams are out there, it's much easier to make that 30-second phone call to validate if payment details are correct and mm. try and fix the problem down the line. Um, so it's not a secret that these scams exist and that there's lots people can do to protect themselves. Um, it's just making sure that we get the information out there and that people are, resp- are responsive to it as well. Does, does it concern you that what this, you know, when we talk about this and, and people will listen and they'll, they'll, you know, hopefully take on board, you know, verify, verify, um, you know, they wouldn't leave, you know, their wallet or their purse open on the front porch with a note, mm-hmm. you know, come and help yourself. Um, but does it concern you that what this does is it starts to erode trust in the financial system that we have, doesn't it? I, I think it can. Um, but the banks, like you said, have been really proactive on the scam front in recent years. We have a big marketing campaign out at the moment and a lot of the other banks have it as well. So I think the tide is really starting to turn on scams and the government and the ABA has been very active lately as well. So I think it's kind of reached critical mass now and we're starting to see a lot more action, which is fantastic. We've got a message from one of our listeners, Steve, and says uh, it's bad practice with click on this link embedded in emails. The instruction should be to log on to authenticate. Good advice, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So part of my team's role at NAB is to work with um, our marketing teams and other teams that contact customers to review their emails and say, Um, you know, don't don't put that link there, for example. Let's tell people how to do something without giving them a link to click on. So um, we've made some big strides in that the last few years. And my advice is always, if you get a, an email or an SMS with a link um, saying click here, don't click on it. Um, look up the website or use the app if that's appropriate. Navigate there yourself so you can be confident that it's legitimate. And can I ask you, Laura, 
you know, we know what the banks are doing and the role, you know, that the banks are taking and the government is taking. The carriage of these scams is done mm-hmm. digitally a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So what are, you know, social media particularly, but the phone companies, I mean, I still get endless rubbish SMSs every day, you know, about this mm-hmm. sort of, about this sort of stuff. And, you know, because of the role that I have, and Nevin is probably the same, I don't have my phone blocking numbers I don't know because when we're trying mm-hmm. to organise talent for the show and all this sort of stuff. So what role do the phone yep. companies play? They, they say, you know, oh, you know, you know, I'll pull this, it's not necessarily the right figure. Oh, yesterday we stopped three and a half million, you know, fake SMSs. Well, why, am I, why do I get the other half a million? Like, what are the phone companies doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, look, it's a big problem and a, a pretty prickly one to, to tackle. They are doing a lot. So, for example, if I look at NAB and the telcos, uh, we've worked with them to put NAB's phone numbers on a list called the Do Not Originate list, which means that um, other people can't call you on the phone numbers that NAB uses for our call centre, right. for example. So that means if you get a phone call that says it's from 132265, which is NAB's number, it will be from us. So that can provide people a lot of um, assurance. And we've also been able to do other things, like with the SMS uh, phishing that you mentioned, people used to get SMS phishing that had NAB set as the sender name. Yes. And people used to think that meant the message was legitimate, and we spent a lot of time talking about that over the years. To um, put some more controls in place to tell to stop that, so no one else should be able to use that sender code, NAB or similar, other than us. So able to strip those things away from criminals so they can't hide behind those kind of banners of authenticity um, makes things much easier for consumers to recognise if something is legitimate or isn't. Um, there's always more to do and we're working closely with telcos on you know all those elements, whether it's um, phone calls, SMS, phishing or emails. Um, there's more we can do across the board and we're working on that every day. Great. Unfortunately, Laura, we're out of time and I just you know say to people, Verify, check, mm-hmm. you know, don't assume that what you're getting is correct because there's a, there's a very good chance that it's actually not. And uh, so, yeah, artificial intelligence, I think we're going to be talking about this quite a bit mm-hmm. in the, you know, in the future. Um, you know, there was a video put out that was uh, supposed to be Joe Biden and it was an AI video. And there's, but the funniest part was the footage actually showed Joe in the, uh, you know, in the, the lounge, you know, the, the private area of the White House watching the video. Problem was, he went to sleep <laughs> while he was watching the video. <laughs> or he appeared to go to sleep. Anyway, uh, so thank you so much, Laura Hartley Quinn. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for giving up time on your Saturday. And I say to people, verify, right? If, if in doubt, search it out. Thank you. Definitely. Or call the bank. Or call the <laughs> bank. We're happy to help. Cheers. Yeah. You are on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9. Stay with us. There's more. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.